Today on The Matt Wall Show, the same people who fear-mongered about the coronavirus for months and months and months on end are now applauding and celebrating mass protests of people who are not socially distancing and are getting together in large groups. So were they lying about the virus, or are they okay with protesters infecting themselves and each other and dying from the virus? Those are really the only two options, uh, and we'll talk about that today. Also, five headlines, including Drew Brees, uh, quarterback of the New Orleans Saints, of course, apologizing for saying that we should respect the flag. He said we should respect the flag. People were upset, and he apologized for saying it. And in our daily cancellation, I will address yet another false narrative that has been spread widely online. There's been a lot of them recently, especially. Uh, this is one that I think I want to address. We'll get into that today. Let's begin here, setting the stage, okay, uh, with this report in the Daily Wire. This is from Emily Zanotti. It says, Joe Biden, the presumptive 2020 Democratic nominee, is expected to attend the funeral of George Floyd, the Minneapolis man whose death at the hands of a Minneapolis police officer sparked a week of anti-police brutality demonstrations across uh, the country. According to a report from CNN, plans are being discussed, but arrangements have not been finalized, the outlet said Wednesday, noting that while a spokesman for Biden's campaign refused to comment on the matter, an attorney for George Floyd's family, Ben Crump, told the network that Biden is expected to be in attendance. Floyd's funeral will be held in Houston, Texas next week, and it is expected to draw hundreds, if not thousands, of attendees. There will also be a public memorial service on Thursday in Minneapolis. Okay, now, the first thing that jumps out at you about this, of course, is just the naked cynicism and opportunism of, Dem of Joe Biden and the Democrats going to his funeral. Biden did, no did not know George Floyd, as far as I'm aware, has no connection to the family. Why does he need to be there? Uh, you could say because George Floyd died unjustly. All right, well, many people die unjustly in the country every year, unfortunately. In fact, anyone who is murdered dies unjustly. All of the hundreds of black men who die at the hands of other black men every year in this country, they, they die unjustly. Joe Biden's not going to any of their funerals, is he? Um, the black people who have been killed by rioters and looters over the last week died unjustly. David Dorn, we talked about him yesterday, 77-year-old retired police captain, St. Louis, went out to uh, stop looters from ransacking a pawn shop and was shot in the stomach and bleed to death on the pavement. Is Joe Biden going to go to his funeral? No, of course not. Just this one. Why? Well, because it's a political opportunity. And everybody knows that's the reason, of course. We all know that. Everyone knows that Joe Biden will be there for political optics. And imagine what a horrible human being you have to be to do that. To show up at a funeral where there are truly grieving people family members, friends who knew and loved him, they're the, they are there because for the same reason anybody would go to the, to the funeral of a family member. Uh, and you're just there for the photo op. You are taking advantage, explicitly taking advantage of their grief and pain for your own reasons. I mean, it's, it's no better than running up to the casket during the wake, during the viewing, and, and taking a selfie with the corpse. I, it's exactly the same kind of thing. It's no less tacky and inappropriate and offensive. But that's not the point that I want to focus on this afternoon. Uh, the fact that a Democrat politician is a shameless opportunist exploiting grief and racial tension for his own gain, that is hardly news. We're used to it. Uh, it, it. It hardly even needs to be pointed out. I think there's something else, though, that does need to be pointed out about this. 
and I will point that out in just one second. But before I do, I want to tell you about Rad Power Bikes. As um, I uh, begin, of course, by thanking Rad Power Bikes and all of our great sponsors who have stuck with us over the last few months, and uh, ask you to you know always just listen to us when we're talking about these sponsors. And if you hear something that you like and you think you need. Uh, then consider supporting these sponsors. Here's something that I really think you need because we've been cooped up for a long time and now it's it's time to get back outdoors. Well, that's where Rad Power Bikes comes in. It's a cross between a traditional bike and a moped, but it doesn't require a special driver's license uh, like a moped would. So that's, you know, there's, there's not a lot of red tape you have to go through. You can just hop on the thing and have a great time. You can go up to 20 miles per hour without pedaling so you can get out and, and about without uh, getting all sweaty, especially in the summer months. They're great for commuting. They're great for going out on the trail. They're great for hauling groceries. Uh, they're great for hauling kids around. And they're great for going on a joyride, just having a lot of fun. Unlike other e-bikes, they're actually affordable. Plus, to show appreciation for those that serve us, Rad Power Bikes is offering $100 off all e-bike purchases for active duty military first responders, teachers, and students. Um, you know, I, I'm personally a big fan of products that have practicality to them but that are also a lot of fun. I need the fun element. Practical's not enough. You also need the fun. Rad Power Bikes offers flexible financing for as low as 0% APR. And right now, as a limited time offer, get a free accessory with the purchase of a bike. That's right, get a free gift of up to $100 in value and free shipping to the lower 48 states. To get this special offer, text the word BIKE to 64000. That's BIKE to 64000. Text BIKE to 64000. All right. So we have the opportunism and, and everything of, of Joe Biden. We know about that. The thing that I'm really zeroing, zeroing in on is the part where it says Floyd's funeral is expected to draw hundreds, if not thousands, of attendees. And not just thousands of attendees, but attendees from apparently other parts of the country who will be flying in to attend it. What's interesting about that is that for the past three months, in places all across the country, and even across the world, funeral services have been postponed, canceled, attendance has been capped. In many places, graveside-only services were held with limited attendance. This, in fact, is what the CDC recommended, still recommends. You can go to the CDC website right now and read their guidelines for funerals. And, uh, and in fact, let me read them to you. It says, consider options for modified or new practices that would be acceptable to you and your family and, family and friends, such as holding a graveside-only service. Consider whether it would be acceptable to hold modified funeral arrangements by limiting attendance to a small number of immediate family members and friends shortly after the time of death. Now, in many states, uh, this has been not just a guideline, but a requirement. And that's why, in many cases, people have not been able to attend their own family members' funerals because of these coronavirus restrictions. Now, you can go back and Google and look at some of this stuff. Vox has an article published in April titled, How Coronavirus is Changing the Ways We Grieve and Mourn the Dead. And there are many examples of this kind of thing. People not allowed to bury their own family members, not allowed to be there when their family members are buried. Let me read just one example from this article. It says, Reverend Bill Parnell, a leader in the Episcopal Diocese of Massachusetts, told me that many people in the 175 worshiping communities he helps oversee are struggling with the restrictions social distancing has put on their grieving process. For instance... A retired priest died from the coronavirus two weeks ago in Cape Cod, leaving behind his wife, who was also infected. The priest's family couldn't visit him while he was sick, nor can they attend his funeral service because of travel 
and space restrictions. Recall how large funeral services were broken up by law enforcement in some cases, and especially in places like New York, where de Blasio threatened anyone who holds a large funeral for a deceased family member. He threatened them. Remember this. Team coverage for you this afternoon across the tri-state. We'll start with News Force Miles Miller, live in Williamsburg, where police miles are still upset about last night's huge gathering there. Well, Stefan, the mayor called that gathering unacceptable, and he said it was the largest such gathering of any type since social distancing rules took effect. Few regrets today for Mayor Bill de Blasio after this controversial tweet singling out, quote, the Jewish community, end quote, for a funeral in Williamsburg for a prominent rabbi that drew thousands of Satmar Jews. I spoke last night out of passion. I could not believe my eyes, Marsha. It was deeply, deeply distressing. The mayor's choice of words drew criticism with his former spokesperson, saying his tweet singled out the Jewish community for persecution, and the head of the Anti-Defamation League saying generalizing against Jews in large is outrageous. The mayor says he got word of the funeral for Rabbi Haim Mertz and had a security detail drive him to Williamsburg to witness it himself. Members of the Jewish community were putting each other in danger. They were putting our police officers in danger. Putting each other in danger. Putting police in danger. That's kind of weird because now the mayor is suddenly encouraging and celebrating large gatherings. You know, even ones that include actual assaults on police officers. Forget about the chance of the, the cop con cops contracting COVID-19, which is what de Blasio and many others said would happen. So this thing with the funeral is just one example of the incredible hypocrisy and double standard that we're witnessing right now. Thousands of Americans for months were prevented from holding full funeral services for family members, and now we're tossing that to the side so that George Floyd can have thousands of people at his funeral. And this is totally in keeping, of course, with what we've seen, the double standard that we've seen across the board, where again, for months, people were arrested for going to the beach going to church, gathering for parties, even gathering for family events. And say, you know, in, in, in uh, Michigan, you weren't allowed as a family member to visit your family if they lived in a different house. People were shouted at and shamed for protesting or for going to the park, for doing anything in any group of any size. And now this same exact people who did the shaming the same exact politicians who sent out cops to arrest these people are celebrating, cheering, applauding, encouraging mass gatherings of thousands of people to protest, ostensibly, the death of George Floyd. But of course, we know these protests really have nothing to do with George Floyd and aren't actually protests at all. But that, that, that aside, the change of tune, the sudden dropping of all that fear-mongering that brought our nation to a standstill for months and put 40 million people out of work is just staggering. Now, some people, some of the shameless hypocrites who shut down gatherings for months and are now applauding gatherings, uh, have tried to justify the contrast. De Blasio is one of them. De Blasio was asked about this at a press conference yesterday, and this is the, the reasoning that he gave. This is the other piece of the equation. When you see a nation, an entire nation, simultaneously grappling with an extraordinary crisis, 
seated in 400 years of American racism? I'm sorry, that is not the same question as the understandably aggrieved store owner or the devout religious person who wants to go back to services. So his answer is that he ruthlessly shut down church services and other kinds of protests and other kinds of gatherings, uh, not to mention shutting down hundreds of businesses and leaving business owners destitute. Um, but he's not shutting this down because he personally feels that this gathering is important while the others were not. He personally is moved by their cause. He wasn't moved by the cause of the people who wanted to go to church or wanted to run their business or wanted to end the lockdowns or were protesting. He wasn't, he wasn't moved by that. He's moved by this. He agrees with this. And so that's why this is allowed. That's his answer. And that's how elected leaders, mayors, governors across the country are operating. This is tyranny. This is flat out tyranny. And I'll tell you this, the next time they try to do one of these shutdowns, because it will happen again, we all better just completely ignore them. Completely ignore. Continue on with our lives as before. Ignore everything they say. We cannot forget this. And I know this is the kind of thing, I'm talking about it today. It's a topic for the podcast. We'll talk about something else tomorrow. But it's not just a topic. It's not just uh, some annoying thing that we talk about today for a topic and we move on. This is, I, I mean, this really is tyranny. This is politicians who shut down the entire country, put 40 million people out of work, and are now basically admitting that it was all a sham. That it was all a sham. And it's not just politicians. I read yesterday a statement from public health experts, quote unquote, who were supporting the protests. The same public health experts who shut down our society to save lives, supposedly, are now supporting mass gatherings of thousands of people. And then you remember this. Let's recall uh, the way that healthcare workers responded to uh, protests and mass gatherings. Recall this: healthcare workers um, who bravely came out to interfere with and demonstrate against protests, because they. And there you see a guy, you know, standing in front. Of, there's someone in a protest. Someone who wanted in a car attending a protest, and you've got a, a nurse standing there saying, "No, we're not going to allow that." Because they said it wasn't safe to protest during a pandemic. But now, here's what healthcare workers are doing. Standing off to the side during a mass gathering of non-socially distanced people applauding. These are the heroic nurses, the ones who were recording TikTok videos. And now they're applauding as thousands of people violate social distancing. Just an absolute joke and sham. And, and here's the thing. Let's say that I agree for a moment. Because... The, this is the justification, right, that we keep hearing for this, for this double standard. It's a, well, this is such an important, it's such an important protest. So it's, it's so important. Let's say I agree for a moment that these protests are super important and way more important than the lockdown protests 
way more important than, than every small business that was decimated and, and those small business owners who wanted to go back to work, way more important than that. Let's say I agree with that. And let's say I agree that George Floyd's funeral is somehow, for some reason, more important than anyone else's funeral. If your grandma died in the last three months and you couldn't go to the funeral, let's say I agree that George Floyd's funeral is more important than your grandmother's funeral. Now, I don't agree with any of that, of course, at all. But let's say, for argument's sake, I do. How does that change anything? We were told that the coronavirus is a lethal virus that spreads easily in large gatherings. And if you get together like this, many people will die. Many of you will die, plus many others will get infected. And first responders will be put in harm's way. That's an important part of this because they 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 said another another argument I'm hearing is that these protesters have just decided that this is worth the risk because it's so important to them. Okay, that's all fine and good, except that you said it's not just about their own risk; they put other people at risk. That's the, the same exact argument that many of us have been making, saying that if somebody wants to go out and they want to go. Uh, to a concert or they want to go to the store or they want to go to church, wherever they want to go. If they want to take that risk on themselves, they should be allowed to do it. But the response from the people who are now supporting the protests is that that's not good enough because it's not just about you. You're putting other people at risk. You're going to kill my grandma by doing this. That's what they said. So you can't say now, oh, it's worth the risk for them. Okay, it's worth the risk for them, but what about my grandma? They're allowed to kill my grandma because this protest is important to them? So all that stuff that you said, it's either true or it isn't. If it's true, then these protests are killing thousands of people. Thousands are going to die because of If everything we were told about the coronavirus is true, remember, the coronavirus still exists. There's no vaccine, okay? It's still out there. In fact, it's wider spread now than it was... um, three months ago when all the lockdowns started. So everything you said about the coronavirus, either it's true or it isn't. If it's true, then these protests are going to kill thousands of people. And not just the people who are there, thousands of innocent people who did not make the decision to take the risk uh, are going to die. My grandma might die. Your grandma might die. And our hospitals are going to be overwhelmed again. And many doctors and nurses are going to be exposed. And many of them will die. No matter how important the protest is, how could that possibly be justified? And if you believe that black lives matter, wouldn't that be all the more reason to oppose the protest? Considering that the virus is now going to kill thousands of black people because of the protest? These protests are happening. Many black Americans are at the protest. These are happening, uh, many of them, in black neighborhoods in the city. And this is going to decimate the black population. If you believe black lives matter and you also believe all that crap that was said about the coronavirus, then you should be standing up and saying, no, no, go home. You're, you're, you're going to die. This is going to kill you. How can you say, say, I believe that black lives matter, therefore I'm in favor of thousands of black people infecting themselves and others with a deadly virus? How does that make any sense? Now, on the other hand, the other option is... Um, It's that uh, everything that we were told about the coronavirus was a lie. And it was never as deadly as they said, or as contagious. And actually, you can have large gatherings safely, and it's not going to be a huge problem. And uh, you could basically, you know, for the most part, go about your life. 
That's the other option. That's what you would have to believe if you support these protests. Unless you're a psycho who doesn't care about the the lives of thousands of black people. So those are the only two options. For everybody who screamed about the virus for three months and advocated for shutting down society because of it, but are now supporting the protests, if you're in that camp, there are only two options to explain your position. Only two. Either you're a sociopath, psychotically applauding while protesters infect themselves, kill themselves, and kill many others, or, second option, you are full of crap in your fear-mongering about the virus, and you never really believed it, and it was all a lie. So you're a psycho or you're full of crap. There is no third option. There really isn't. It is, this, is, this is really is A or B, okay? This is an A or B um, binary type of situation here. Either what you said isn't true and you're full of crap, or you're a psycho and you're applauding while these people kill themselves. Now, I will allow, by the way, I guess for an option C, where you're both a psycho and full of crap. So there might, there might be an element of that too. But I'm thinking that for most people, it's actually option B, that you're just full of crap. And that what we were told about the coronavirus was a flat-out lie. And though it is a virus that is, uh, that is dangerous and that is killing a lot of people, it's not nearly as bad as what they said. And many of the things we were told we can't do, we actually could have been doing all along. And 40 million people were put out of work for no reason. And we decimated our society. We shut down society. We tore up the Bill of Rights for no reason. I think that's actually what's going on here. All right, let's move on to emails. Or no, not emails, sorry. Uh, Actually, uh, headlines is what I'm searching for. That's the word I'm searching for. Number one, Drew Brees, NFL star quarterback for the Saints, was interviewed by Yahoo yesterday, and he made comments that provoked a huge backlash. Many people were very upset, reduced to tears over what this NFL player said. Now I'm gonna play the comments for you. I want you to prepare yourself. They are highly offensive, very upsetting. In fact, if you have any kids in the room uh, and you're listening to this, I want you to have them leave the room. I don't want them to be exposed to this at all. Uh, it could traumatize them like it traumatized me. This I warn you, what he has to say is very, very offensive. And um, I think it will, you're, you're not going to be the same after you hear it. But anyway, here it is. Everyone is looking back now at Kaepernick's protests from a few years ago, and obviously they were always about police brutality, and now it's coming back to the fore, and a lot of people expect that we will see players kneeling again even when the NFL season starts. I'm curious how you think the NFL will and should respond to that, and of course, you're such a leader in the league. Uh, What is your responsibility as a leader uh, in times like this for the rest of your teammates and, and players in the league? Well, I, I will. I will never agree with anybody um, disrespecting the flag of the United States of America or our country. Um, let me let me just tell you what I see or what I feel when the national anthem is played, and when I look at the the flag of the United States, I envision my two grandfathers who fought for this country during World War II, one in the Army and one in the Marine Corps, both risking their lives to protect our country and to try to make our country and this world a better place. 
So every time I stand with my hand over my heart, looking at that flag and singing the national anthem, that's what I think about. And in many cases, it brings me to tears, thinking about all that has been sacrificed, not just those in the military, but for that matter, those throughout the civil rights movements of the 60s and everyone and all that has been endured by so many people up until this point. Wow. Wow. I am appalled. I am frightened. I may have wet my pants, frankly. I may have, if you want to know the truth, listening to that. I cannot believe, or maybe on second thought, actually, what Drew Brees said there is totally normal and fine and uncontroversial and just like a completely standard and, by the way, correct point of view that most Americans agree with. Maybe that's it. And yet, because we live in an enormously stupid time and our country is filled with idiots and whiners and pathetic crybabies who should all be deported to to Jupiter, um, those comments provoked lots of anger. And uh, now get ready for this part. So that's what he said. Uh, Almost every normal person in in the country agrees and says, yeah, I mean, we should respect the flag. Fantastic. But now here's the part that you definitely saw coming. Drew Brees has apologized. And in comments posted to Instagram, he says, this is after about a day, less than a day of of a backlash. Uh, He says, quote, I would like to apologize to my friends, teammates, the city of New Orleans, the black community, NFL community, and anybody I hurt with my comments yesterday. In speaking with some of you, it breaks my heart to know the pain I have caused. In an attempt to talk about respect, unity, and solidarity centered around the American flag and the national anthem, I made comments that were insensitive and completely missed the mark on the issues we are facing right now as a country. They lacked awareness and any type of compassion or empathy. Instead, those words have become divisive and hurtful and have misled people into believing that somehow I am an enemy. This could not be further from the truth, and it is not an accurate reflection of my heart or my character. This is where I stand. I stand with the black community in the fight against systemic racial injustice and police brutality and support the creation of real policy change that will make a difference, blah, 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 blah. Goes on and on and on. Uh, I mean, just, just groveling, groveling before the outraged masses. Actually, actually lying about what he himself said. He is dishonestly assigning himself uh, nefarious motives, saying that it lacked empathy and, and sympathy. What are you talking about? You, he was ta- you were talking about empathy. You were saying you know, empathy for, for our soldiers, people have, that have died. and That's what you were talking about. It's a very empathetic perspective that you had. And now you're lying, claiming that you lacked empathy when you actually didn't. I'm sorry for the pain I caused. I I caused so much. Yeah, I'm sure you really caused a lot of very sincere and genuine pain because you said said we shouldn't disrespect the flag. I'm sure a lot of people were were very much in in real pain over that. I'm sure it wasn't just a bunch of performative outrage. But he caved to it. And here's the thing that really frustrates me. You know, when I see an average person who attracts the ire of the mob— and because, because they said something normal and sane and rational. And these days, that's how you're going to attract the ire of the mob is by saying normal, rational, sane things. If you go out and say things that are truly insane and irrational, you'll be fine. But the moment that you make the mistake of revealing yourself to be someone who has common sense, that's when they come after you. Now, when you've got just an average person, not in the public light, not rich or anything, not a, not a famous celebrity, 
you know, makes the mistake of having common sense publicly. And then people come after that person and, and they apologize. Now, I don't like it. I'd much prefer that they stuck by their guns. But I get it. I understand. Because they want to have a job, right? And they don't want people coming to their home and throwing bricks in the window. And so they're worried about their safety and the fam- their, their family safety. They're worried about their financial security, especially. It's very sad that we live in a country where you have to make those kinds of calculations. But I, so I get that. I'm really, I just, I'm not going to hold it against somebody when they make that decision because I understand. But somebody like Drew Brees, he's a multimillionaire, famous celebrity. He's got the money to tell these whiners to kiss his ass. I don't know what Drew Brees' net worth is, but I guarantee you it's, it's over $100 million. So he could look at them. He's got all the money in the world, you know? He, he, if they if they run him out of town, so what? I mean, he's 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 not going to be destitute. He's not going to be homeless on the street. He could look at them and say, and uh, I mean, worse, even if he got kicked off the team for saying this, he's Drew Brees. Somebody will hire him to play to play football again. I can guarantee you that. So he's 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 in a position where he could look at these people and say, "Oh, you're offended by by the totally normal common sense thing that I said. You're offended that I said we should respect the flag. You're offended by that." But guess what? I don't care. I don't care. Oh, you're crying? So what? Cry some more. Cry some more, you crybabies. Makes no difference to me. It's your problem. Go, go tell it to your therapist, okay? How about that? That's what he could say, but he doesn't. These people have nothing on him. They've, they've got nothing to hold up. What are they going to take from Drew Brees? That's what makes it, to me, that's what makes it uh, so just pathetic. And, and and I always think, you know, w- w- you consider what a stubborn jerk I am already, and I'm not rich and famous. If I was rich and famous, can you imagine what a stubborn jerk I would be? I mean, most people dream of having that kind of money where they can, where they're in a position where they, they don't need to worry at all about what people think of them. Drew Brees has it and doesn't use it. Just a shame. Okay, number two, Chick-fil-A, home to the overrated chicken and third best French fry, put out a statement yesterday, and uh, here's what the statement says. Words are not enough, and they sometimes aren't the right words, but we want to say something. Racism should have no place in society. Not now, not ever. It cannot be tolerated. Our hearts are breaking for our black team members, operators, and staff, and all those in the black community who are suffering and have suffered for too long because of racism. At Chick-fil-A, we know we have a role in moving us all forward. We will listen. We will be intentional. We will share. I just wanted to play, I just want to uh, share that with you because it's, it's so inspirational and courageous, right? To be a brand, to be a major brand coming out against racism. Think about the courage that takes. It's not like everybody agrees with them and, and, and feels the same way, and so it doesn't need to be said. No, it's not like that at all. Of course, we, we need people. To, I just, I enjoy when you've got someone, a brand or anybody, saying something that requires no courage whatsoever, something that everybody agrees with, and is, it is guaranteed to provoke zero backlash. And they say something like that, but they set it up as if it's going to be some really bold statement. And so the beginning of this statement is, we got something we need to say. Sit down for this, all right? 
sit down for this because you're not going to like it, okay? I'm, I'm ready for the backlash, but I got to say this. I'm not going to be scared to say this. Here it is. Racism is bad. All right. Um, and, and, and here's the thing, Chick-fil-A. I know why they, they put the statement out because they're, you know, they're hoping Chick-fil-A has gotten a lot of bad press among liberals in, in the, you know, the last very many years. And they're hoping that something like this will change it. It's not going to change anything. They still hate you. doesn't matter what you do. doesn't matter any, any of the groveling that you do, any of the dumb platitudinous, platitudinous, uh, platitudinous, that's the word, statements that you put out. makes no difference. Number three, and looting and rioting is not over, by the way. It's still happening. Here are the sights and sounds at a CVS in Santa Monica. Everything in this store is completely destroyed. Platitudinous. Platitudinous. That's a word, right? I think that was a word that I used. Anyway, you saw all those grieving people, um, you know, uh, perusing a pharmacy for stuff to steal. I like how casual the, the, the looters are at this point. You see that most of those people aren't running because they know that the police aren't going to show up. They've been doing this for a week now. It's like a full-time job of looting. I wonder if they set their alarm in the morning and they, they say, ah, well, it's 8 a.m. Got to get out there, hit the pavement, do some looting. Pack a lunch and everything. Well, I guess you don't have to pack a lunch. You can steal it. But uh, you see them. They're, now they're selective about it as they're walking through. Because there are entire aisles that no one's looted, I guess, because they figure, like they walk through and they say, hey, do I, do I need a whole case of car chargers? Oh, no, no, Actually, I looted. I stole that from an, a Rite Aid back uh, past thir- last Thursday. So I guess I probably don't need that. That's, how, that's, that's where we've gotten now. Where the local government has so abandoned its duty that looters are almost getting bored with it. That's the plan. We're not going to arrest them. We're not going to stop them. We're going to wait until they get bored and they've stolen everything they could possibly need and can fit in their homes, and then they'll stop. Number four, this is interesting. Um, Karens are now patrolling the streets to yell at you for not doing graffiti. This is a plot twist nobody saw coming. Watch this. Why are you guys removing Black Lives Matter's graffiti? But why do you want that to come off? But so you don't care about black lives then? Not at all. That's not at all. We, we, we That's care. what this. We certainly do care about black lives. Uh, not enough to leave up a message. Great. Not not a great way to use your white privilege, ladies. Not a great. That's disgusting. Disgusting. It's disgusting to clean up graffiti on a government building. Karen's point here is that if you if you uh, clean graffiti off of something, then you must automatically be disagreeing with whatever message that graffiti is ostensibly supposed to be spreading. So then if that's the case, I guess, you know, somebody should go and paint, spray paint equality for all on the side of Karen's house. Or in fact, maybe right across her forehead. Yeah, you can't clean it off, Karen. If you if you go home and take a shower and clean it off, what are you saying? You don't believe in equality? 
I mean, that, that could, that's the only conceivable reason why you wouldn't want it spray-painted across your forehead. Five, finally, how about a legitimately inspiring video? Okay, this one is actually inspiring, actually courageous. No sarcasm. Um, just uh, watch this. It's pretty great. Black kids in Chicago get killed every single day. Where is the Black Lives Matter in Chicago? Where are they? When black people kill black people, they don't come out and do this crap. The only time they do this crap is when a white person touches them. They are the racist. They are the racist. Because white, people, white cops, it's wrong for a white cop to kill a black person, that's for sure. But if it matters, it should matter at all times. So what are you fighting for? What are you fighting for? You're not here to fight injustice. You're here to cause drama. will be stop violence. It's not about blacks. That's why the unicorn world. Period. Okay, since you're so, you guys are oppressed. I am black. I'm not oppressed. That's I am for you. free. That's good for you. That's an individual person. What about a systemic issue? Where? I am black. I've always wanted to be. I have a like. I do what I want. You have the skills. This is a country where you have the skills. You want to do what you want. You do it. Stop. Stop forcing on people to accept that they're oppressed. They are not. I am not oppressed. I am black. Stop making people accept that they are oppressed. You're forcing a rhetoric into your mind, which is not true. That's my point. Okay. Violence is wrong, period. It's not about blacks. You agree that whites kill whites too, right? Have you seen any white person coming out and saying white life matter or white thing? No, they violence do. is wrong. They literally do all the time. Every time there's a black violence, lives matter a protest, problem. a white it's person. It's a problem. It's a violence problem. The blacks kill blacks in black neighborhoods every single day. I've never seen a black life matter in those neighborhoods. Never. Never. You know what they say? When the black person kill a black in a black neighborhood, they come out and they say, when the police comes, do you know what they tell the police? Snitches get stitches. Snitches get stitches. But if a white person kill a black person, black life matter. Stop the hypocrisy. Nobody takes this seriously. Nobody. You hear that message? I am black. I am not oppressed. I am free. That is the definition of a of a of an inspiring, empowering message. That that is empowering. I mean, the word power is right. Empowering. Something that expresses that gives power, autonomy to a person. Well, the message of I am free, I am not oppressed, that is saying I'm oppressed, I'm a victim, that's the opposite of empowering. That is rejecting your power and your freedom. That, what you just heard there, is an empowering message. But then you see, you could kind of laugh about it because of how, how ridiculous this scene is. Where you've got a black woman, obviously an immigrant, um, talking about the fact that she's free. And then you've got a white woman trying to convince the black immigrant that she's oppressed. And could, could there be a, a better illustration of the way that the Democrat Party works? The white woman in that discussion, she is a representative of the Democrat Party. A bunch of white people trying to convince black people and minorities that they're oppressed and getting upset and offended if they won't agree that they're oppressed. Uh, but great stuff, great stuff from that uh, from that woman. All right, we're going to move on to our daily cancellation. Before we do, uh, you know, these leftist tears tumblers are something that, especially in these trying times, I think we can all turn to for hope. 
and uh, kindness. I don't know how you get kindness from a Tumblr, but you, but you, you can, okay? Uh, and here's the great thing, though. Our double Tumblr deal is back, but it's only available to our exclusive membership tier, All Access. The All Access membership tier is our premier level of membership. All Access members get to participate in All Access Live, which is our brand new interactive programming feature where we, uh, you know, one of the Daily Wire hosts sit down every night. We have a conversation, very relaxed, casual, uh, a lot of fun, I think. All Access membership now includes two of the irreplaceable leftist tiers tumblers. The tumblers are overflowing with tears at the thought of this deal. Finally, All Access members also get the benefits of our other membership tiers, including an ad-free website experience, access to our live broadcast and show library, access to the show's mailbags, all of that stuff. You get three hours of the Ben Shapiro show, um, dedicated editorials from yours truly. That would be me. Okay, you get that. from. I don't know why I'm wielding this Tumblr around while I'm talking. And so you got to go to dailywire.com right now slash subscribe. Dailywire.com slash subscribe to join all access. Get 15% off with coupon code Walsh. That's dailywire.com slash subscribe. See you... See you there. I'll get that later. Okay, let's go to our um, daily. Let's go to our daily. Good thing there was nothing in that. I was lying about having something in it, as you can clearly see. For our daily cancellation, we're going to be canceling the promoters and propagators of um, false narratives. Obviously, there are a lot of false narratives out there, like the false narrative that about racist police hunting and killing black people. You know, that's the narrative that's fueling the destruction of our cities right now. I've already dealt with that this week. I want to take a smaller, more specific example so we can kind of look at the anatomy of a false narrative, how it works, how it spreads, how it's concocted. So here's a tweet from some random person. I don't think this person is someone in the media or anything like that, but I'm pointing to it because last I checked, this morning anyway, that tweet was pushing 70,000 retweets. 70,000, which is a lot. And uh, here it is. It says... They were all charged for the exact same crime, the exact same day, and in the exact same city, but y'all don't see the problem? And then it shows screenshots. It doesn't give us a link to, to the, does not give us a link to where the screenshots are from, which is red flag number one. And it shows how three people were arrested for violating curfew in Greensboro, North Carolina, but they were all given different bond amounts, with the black guy given the highest bond amount at 500 bucks. And the obvious insinuation here is that it's racism. I mean, they did the exact same thing, right? How could the black guy get the highest bond? Doesn't make any sense. Exact same thing. No differences in the situation. Well, already we've got um, one red flag. There's no link. Another red flag is just the very idea that they would blatantly set bond based on race. A policy like that would be shot down by the Supreme Court in 60 seconds flat. Okay, so what's really going on here? I think we should we should take a look and see. I mean, maybe it's true. Maybe in Greensboro, North Carolina, they've got a policy where if you're black, you get a higher bond amount. As I said, I, I, I would be shocked that that policy has not been challenged yet by the Supreme Court. But it's, I can't say it's impossible. It is possible. So I, I went and um, I took a look at the story and I found it. It wasn't hard. WFMYNews2.com. And this is where this person got the information for this massively viral tweet going all over social media. People are buying it, seeing it, oh, well, look at that. Isn't it racism and everything? Let's read the entire context. Okay. Now, the first two guys, um, 
for the first two guys, the information is exa- exactly what the tweet says. Uh, Troy Herring, 21, of Greensboro, was charged with violating curfew. His $100 bond was posted, and his next court, court date will be September 15th. Um, Jeff Schwan Su, uh, 21, of Stokesdale, was charged with violation of curfew. His bond was set at $300, and his next court date is September 15th. But then we get to the black man. And there's actually a little bit more information. It says Malik Perry Davis was arrested after he climbed a statue in downtown Greensboro following the protest that was dispersed. Greensboro fire crews used a ladder truck to remove Davis from the statue before he was arrested. His address is listed in Jacksonville in Onslow County, but he said he was from a mix of Greensboro, Jacksonville, and Greenville and Hawaii. According to social media, he lives in Greensboro. He was charged with curfew violation and his bond was set at $500. His court date is September 15th. Hmm. Okay. Now it's all coming together because this, this viral tweet, the person who put the tweet together, they uh, coincidentally uh, forgot to include all of that additional information. Malik was arrested not just for violating curfew, but because he had climbed a statue and they had to bring in a fire truck to get him down. Okay. And apparently he has no fixed address. He's from a mix of several different places, including a place 5,000 miles away. And he, and he says he's from one place, but social media says he's from another place. And then he also says, yeah, by the way, I'm also sort of from Hawaii and all these other places. All right. Well, that's why bond was higher, right? They're going to raise bond if you're a flight risk. If they can't tell exactly where you're from, and one of the places is 5,000 miles away, that, that's going to raise your bond. And uh, also, they're going to raise bond if, while violating curfew, you pulled a stunt that required them to use the fire department to come get you. And they're using the fire department while there are riots you know, across the country and p- things are being set on fire. So you know, they might really be thinking, we need this fire truck potentially for, for something more important, like a burning building. Now we have to use these fire department resources to get you down from a statue because you refuse to come down. You do something like that, yeah, your bond's going to be higher. And there you go. Now, so it's very obvious. I mean, there's, there's nothing racial about this, no racism. In fact, this guy's lucky for only a $1,000 bond. Given that he was violating curfew and they had to take him down from the statue with a fire truck, um, they only charged him with violating curfew. Flight risk, only a $1,000 bond? He, he did pretty damn well. But we're, we're, of course, we're not told that. And what we know is that with false narratives, you know, for one thing, it, it's oftentimes it's not that um, things are being just totally made up out of whole cloth. Now, there is that. Sometimes you have things totally made up out of whole cloth. With Michael Brown, hands up, don't shoot. That was whole cloth fabrication. But oftentimes it, it's based on a morsel of truth. It's just that it's, it, the, the false part of the narrative comes not from the part they tell you, but from the part they don't tell you. And the reason it spreads is because most people are concerned with stuff that uh, confirms their priors. That's all they care about. They have prior held beliefs. They have, they have their own biases and their own uh, prejudices and their own perspectives that they're bringing to it. And all they're looking for is confirmation of what they already believed. So a whole bunch of people said, oh yeah, well, I already believe that racism 
you know, that there's a pervasive systemic racism, especially in the South. This fits in nicely with that. And so I'm just going to spread it and assume it's true. Why would I do the work to see if it actually is true? All that really matters is, you know, the ideology and everything else. So um, that person is canceled. All of the propagators of false narratives are canceled. And I trust that now that I've done this, there will be no more false narratives. And I have just solved the problem. You're welcome. And we'll leave it there. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Thanks for listening. Godspeed. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review. Tell your friends to subscribe as well. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, Michael Knowles Show, and The Andrew Clavin Show. Thanks for listening. The Matt Wall Show is produced by Sean Hampton, executive producer Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Our technical producer is Austin Stevens, edited by Danny D'Amico, and our audio is mixed by Robin Fenderson. The Matt Wall Show is a Daily Wire production, copyright Daily Wire 2020. From CNN to the Minnesota government, prominent leftists defend political violence. Public health officials change their story on coronavirus, and the rioters kill Robert E. Lee again. Plus, the mailbag. Check it out on The Michael Knowles Show.